You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the podcast straight out of the Narrows. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by Arkham inmate N27, Ben Chapman. What's up? Glad you were able to make it. Yup. We're also joined by a special guest. This is technically his second episode. Seth Cromick is joining us. He was on the Lost Spider-Man episode. Ugh, heartbreaking. (laughs) I know. There were so many good jokes on there that I wish I could remember that I, I just vaguely recall. It's okay. I wrote them down and then later took credit for them. So it all worked out. The Ben Chapman way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, we're glad to have Seth back. He mentioned he had some... On the episode that was lost, we talked about how we wanted to bring him back for the Nolan Batman series. So what better than to bring him back for the first one? Uh, this is a movie. So... <laughs> well, d- d- uh, way to play the car- cards close to your chest there, Pogues. No, it's it's a it's a good movie. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Now I'm I we'll go real quick into our our connections to Batman, although we sort of covered them in the mini episode after the negative reaction to the Batman 1989 episode. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I uh, yeah, I, I'm just a massive Batman fan. Uh, you know, I don't have a whole podcast about it, like you know, say Kevin Smith or anything. But I, I have read probably more individual stories about a single superhero character uh, of Batman than I have of any other comic book character. Like I, I even like Spider-Man the most, I think, of all superhero characters. But I think I've read more Batman stories. Um, I think that's mostly because Batman stories tend to be sometimes so good that they have their own like identifiable name. Like People can, can name Year One or Killing Joke. Or The Dark Knight Returns. It's harder to do that with something like Spider-Man. Really? The Return of the Sinister Six? I rest my case. Uh, yeah, we, we, that was one! That was one, Pokes! And- uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Slayers. All of <laughs> Spider-Man's books have really... They're just basically the name of the villain. Yeah, that's true. The Venom Saga, the Carnage Story, or whatever the hell it was called. But uh, Maximum I, Carnage. But not to just, like bore the podcast listener right away i'll be brief but i i think batman is one of the more interesting superhero characters just in general in concept alone even if he's done poorly in terms of writing with certain stories because he's this like fantastically like you know symbolic representative character of 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 justice of of you know uh uh, he's obviously he's one of the few characters that's uh, without superpower, so uh, you know of what a person can do when they push their limits. It's, it's a bunch of interesting factors all at play. It's one of the reasons I like Superman, even though everyone trashes on him for being too powerful. I think he's you know great in books because he's this giant symbolic beacon of something that you can play around with in different contexts. So that's why I love Batman. This and then they didn't they didn't use that part of him in the Superman movies. Sure didn't. Uh, we'll get to that later though. But no, I, I like I like how you can tell two stories with Batman. You can tell a story about him punching villains and you can tell a story about like morality and crime and justice. I think it's really interesting. It's not it's not something you can you know, pull off with, you know, someone like Plastic Man. It's not as easy. Wow, Plastic Man really takes it on the chin. <laughs> Sorry, Plastic Man fans. Well, Eat it. I'm out. I'm out of this podcast. <laughs> I didn't know. Wow. Wow, Ben. Uh, Seth, what, what's your connection to Batman, if any? I I always liked Batman because I felt like out of all the, the superheroes, and uh, he, he is, for all intents and purposes, a normal guy. Yeah. He, he's not, you know, it's not Radioactive Spider or 
you know, space weather or something. He just has he just has a lot. Which which one is space weather? Fantastic Four. I know. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I've just never heard their powers explained by space weather. Well, it's like radiation, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, I get it now. But like, it it, it took me a minute. That's I like that way more. (laughs) This is NASA shit. So yeah, space weather, uh, continue. <laughs> you know, it's just like... I really want to just teach Seth a bunch of superhero origins and then have him try to explain them back to me. It's space weather! <laughs> yeah. Don't you... Am I the only one that follows NASA on Facebook? <laughs> no, I, I loved so. it. I just, I've never heard somebody refer to it that way. Alright, well... Uh, no, I, 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 feel, I feel like, um, you know, uh, I mean, I think, I think Bruce, Bruce Wayne is interesting, and I think... Batman is interesting, both you know as two separate entities. I like the it's the uh, sort of duality of it, and I think it's interesting that uh, I mean it always struck me like when I was a little kid that like Batman could be real in the sense that like Tesla was real and did all this crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, in his you know his laboratories and stuff. Granted, different application and all that, but I don't know. He tried to make a death ray. That's true, and you Good know point. free electricity and all kinds of, of what things a like hippie. That. Are you saying Tesla was the first Bond villain? He could have been. <laughs> yeah, he's he had some great he got ideas painted and as then a some weird ideas. <laughs> But I just mean, I just mean like Batman always felt like something that was obtainable. Yeah, like yeah, as yeah, a street level. Yeah, and that you know, and also the fact that in a way, like if you really want to overanalyze it, which I think I'm with the right audience, we do. Bruce Wayne is insane. <laughs> I mean, he is a crazy person. Like no sane, rational person would be like, I'm going to spend millions if not billions of dollars on technology because i like bats and (laughs) i want to be a super soldier i mean that's not like you're not wrong (laughs) most people would start a non-profit (laughs) (laughs) he definitely handles his survival in a very unique way welcome to bruce's kids (laughs) It's it's not the same thing my connection to batman pretty much the same batman's sort of the character i think most people easily identify with you know uh, it's a guy not dealing well with loss whatever that loss is for each individual person who's reading a batman story there's always sort of something in there you can see as seth said he's he's definitely the sort of uh most possibly realistic other than the fact he's a billionaire yeah uh and, and you know i mean i'm of the age that when I was, you know, in middle school was when the Batman animated series was on TV. And so, you know, I used to come home. I remember being like a younger kid and me and my mom watching it together when I was young. She used to take me to the comic book stores so I could buy the, the comic book version of the animated series that they made. So, you know, I've I've read all of the big Batman stories, Arkham Asylum, Killing Joke, you know, all the stuff. I don't, you know, I don't need to list them. But uh, he's definitely a character I love. I still go back. I own the animated series on dvd and i'll go back and watch it sometimes because it's just a great show batman's just a a really interesting character because he's he is insane in a lot of ways and that's sort of what makes him interesting because you know that's that's sort of the whole point of the killing joke is you know how far off from being the joker is batman and so you know there's like a lot of cool things you can do with him as a character that you can't do with superman or you shouldn't do with superman (laughs) not that they won't do it Oh, they tried to in the in Man of Steel, and that's why Man of Steel is not a good Superman. 
All right, well, let's dive into Batman Begins. Uh, I'm yes, excited to talk. Uh, let's, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack here. Because uh, this movie is long, but real quick, let's just do the by the numbers. Uh, what do you guys think the budget was? Mm. Uh, what was the budget on The Crow? <laughs> I want to base my opinion off of that. I do I, not I, remember. I think like I, I think it was like twenty million dollars, but that was because of uh, Brandon Lee's death. The movie kind of stalled, and some other company had to come in and sink a bunch of money in to get it to be released. So, <laughs> well, I'm gonna go uh, uh, two hundred, two hundred, million. Okay, Seth, what's your guess? Well, I already had IMDb up, so I'm, I'm, you can't ask me. <laughs> he already knows! Well, go ahead and tell me what it was, then. Uh, so the budget was $150 million. Damn it! Yes, yes. Ben, uh, what do you think the, the domestic gross was? That's just the United States. I think you're gross. Um, it, uh, $300 million. I don't know. Let's fire that Two- off. Two hundred and five million is Damn the domestic it. gross, which I was really surprised at. I think yeah. this is the the start of when foreign uh, or like overseas, however you want to say it, is when that market it, that's sort of become uh, the much larger market. And I think this is sort of the start because it grossed uh, like a hundred and ninety some million overseas. Damn! So it it almost doubled its. That's insane. Yeah, and if you look well, at the, the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight was more like the dark you know like everyone loved batman begins but like the Yo, dark yeah Knight just i think it was like you know record setting numbers so oh. up until yeah, say, all the transformers movies came out or something yeah and, something yeah, depressing the avengers and all that i was gonna say that last uh transformers movie made like way more don't overseas t- than it did in the united states because Born in the united states people don't give a shit anymore apparently so that's sort of the market and i think this is in that era where you know, a lot of the movies that we've done, Batman, like, 1989, I don't even think it had a foreign distribution. The huh. Crow definitely didn't. So, there you go. $200 million in the United States for costing $150 million is surprising. So, I guess it's good it did well overseas and really bumped up its money. Uh, that puts it 22nd on our list of comic book film adaptions. And if I adjust it for inflation, it moves it down to 23. Now, I learned my lesson from the Spider-Man episode. I checked to see what movie moved above it, and it was Men in Black 2, surprisingly. Really? Yeah, for inflation, it would beat it out. Which I- I'm is surprised a- it's 2. That's all right. very depressing. That's, that's a bummer. All right, well, let's hop into this film. Uh, it starts off the way every Batman movie should. Bruce Wayne chasing after young Bruce Wayne chasing after an equally young girl. Hold up, is this the first movie we've watched so far that didn't open with a goddamn like voiceover narration? Because that's been a obnoxious pattern. Uh, the original Batman didn't have one. But that's true. Was this a cold open too? Does it just start and it's them running around in the greenhouse? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I don't know if they show the Batman Begins because it starts with a bunch of bats. So a lukewarm open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a room temperature. <laughs> Not too hot, not too cold, just right open. Just right open. Now, uh, young Bruce is chasing after Rachel Dawes, who is apparently the daughter of his family's housekeeper. Uh, And she has some arrowhead she found. Bruce steals it, and then to hide from her, goes and climbs on top of an old well on their property. Yeah, checks out. Which millionaire Dr. Wayne has covered with four boards. (laughs) Knowing he has small children on his property. <laughs> negligent, yep. Yeah, I mean, beyond negligent. And then later we find out when uh, 
Bruce returns, he goes and pulls the weeds off. They never even covered up those boards that he fell through. It's just an open nope. hole. <laughs> That's how you teach someone a lesson. Yeah. yeah that like, they remember come on, from now man. on. Do you remember that scene later on when 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 Bruce is walking and he sees some boards and he goes around them? Yeah, that was that was just all foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, I felt like he should have gotten away from a trap where they were like, he'll walk on these shitty boards. And they're like, how did he know? <laughs> these real shitty boards. <laughs> what villain is that's making that kind of shitty plan? board man? <laughs> Poor infrastructure, dude. Um, but the the mansion also. I, this is this is completely jumping ahead. Like concept wise, but we talked about this just now as we as we finished the uh, just yeah just so you know folks and I uh, or, or Seth and I watched the first half of the movie earlier and then couldn't get through it all in a night, so we actually came back and watched the last hour just this evening. Um, but where the fuck is Wayne Manor in relation to Gotham City? Do you have any idea? Yeah, it's like to the left. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's about you know you just drive. through through a, a concrete barrier on the highway, and then you're immediately in, in an a enchanted field. forest. Yeah. Yes. And then you just arrive, like you're just there because that the yeah. cave with a waterfall, like, and even that landscape. I know we're jumping ahead, but it's just really frustrating. Yeah, I have to get All it out. All the exterior shots of of the the manor. Yeah. There is nothing for a hundred miles in every direction. He's like, is, a, he's like in the middle of Bavarian farmland at some point when he's walking. It's just it's just rolling green hills without a building in sight. They didn't and I'm even like, CG something shitty into the are background. They, are they seriously like like positing that on the other side of the mansion is a freeway? Yeah. <laughs> like and a I city think he's supposed to be much farther. The, the idea I think in the comics is he's like two or three miles away from the city. Yeah, like, and outside that, of it, in into where it goes from. Like New York City to upstate New York, yeah, just make, on the other side of a road. They make a joke in Dark Knight where I think uh, Dent asks, uh, "Is Wayne Manor even in Gotham City limits?" Yeah. yeah, and apparently the answer is sure. It's right off Freeway 102. Just go right through the barricade and you'll right at the front door. Yeah, that's how he always gets home. <laughs> it's just like constantly driving through construction Some zones. Some pissed off like like road worker has murdering to, who has to re, 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 recreate that barricade. <laughs> He even does it when he's driving his Porsche. Yeah. It doesn't go true. quite as well, though. Uh, Bruce Wayne wakes up from this recollection of the bats swarming him in the well, and we find out that he's on the set of Raid 2 Redemption. Uh-huh. In which yep. he's in this weird, like, Asian prison located in, I can only assume Tibet. it's Asian Stan. Oh, is it Tibet, do they say? Yeah, they establish yeah. it at some point. Oh, okay, do they? All right. So he wakes up there. He goes outside and he gets in a fight. In serious, I don't know if you guys saw Raid Two: The Redemption. There's like a scene almost like it, except for oh, yeah. much much more choreographed. Really was starting to be like I feel like there's a lawsuit, but anyways. I, also, this this sequence struck me pretty hard because I mean, the the the, the most recent Batman movies I've watched was Batman 1989 for this podcast, and then this Batman. And the the difference is stark because yeah. I mean you got the Joker performing Prince songs in one, and then you got Bruce drenched in mud and eating blood, gruel. eating gruel and <laughs> punching men to survive. And breaking legs. <laughs> yeah, it's like fuck, man. Like I know we're gonna go dark with this one, but it's 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 a stark contrast. I'm not saying that necessarily in a bad way. I'm just saying it's noticeable. You would not know if you had no content. Like you just woke up in a movie theater and that yeah. was on the screen. You wouldn't know, like, oh, Batman. Yeah, you like, would not you guess Batman. Know. You'd no. be like, 
be like Vietnam. Is this a Holocaust after prison? <laughs> You'd think it was that movie where he's lost in the Vietnam prison. I forget what it's called. Right. Uh, it is interesting, too. You wouldn't know for a long time the movie's about Batman because he doesn't show up forever. An hour. An yes. hour. One hour. One we hour mark exactly. <laughs> yes. when Batman is in costume, punching someone. Yep. An hour and 60 minutes into this film is when that happens. And I know you need an origin story, but you don't need this much of an origin story. It but that's interesting. You know, getting ahead applauded, of myself. We applauded Spider-Man for how quickly it got in, but holy smokes, is this there's origin a, there's story. There's a balance, right? Like there's Very a... long. Yeah, I feel like some of this maybe could have been done in flashback. <laughs> yeah. It like and... started with an early scene of Batman beating up a criminal and then gone to a flashback that was 20 minutes long. And it's not the worst. I remember when I first saw this movie, I don't recall that this movie was feeling so, long you know yeah. it felt pretty I, when i saw me. it in theater i was fucking pumped yeah I, mean, I was like adrenaline yeah i was just excited so the length the length of the movie didn't really matter but now going yeah. back i'm like yes i know all these things now so uh yeah the the um and another thing just sort of a general comment about the first 20 something minutes of the movie is that it starts off with him as a kid, mm-hmm. but then he wakes up in a prison, and then he's coming back from grad school, and then he's a kid again, and then he's, it's like, what the, like... And then he's ninja training and then as he's an adult. ninja training, but then he, no, he ninja trains, and then, like, he comes back and then he's, yeah. to the trial, and then he wakes up as a kid again, and then it jumps <laughs> forward... Yeah, it is It is all over the place. You could really create quite the timeline in which you'd be like, the following events take place in no order whatsoever. <laughs> well, and I, I felt like, I mean, from an edit, just a pure editing perspective, you could have done that same story in chronological order. And I think the weight of... He's a happy little kid. He's now he's struggling with his the you know the murder of his parents and the trial, and then he's like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna you know like I'm gonna go like travel around the world and disappear." Like you could have told that story; it would have had the exact same effect. It was actually more confusing to me because like I'm like, "Wait, is he a little kid and he's dreaming about himself as an adult?" Like it was. So we were joking. We're like, "This is like Batman Inception." Like it just yeah, it's just, just like. It's it's a Batman within a Batman. Like it just it made no sense. There was sense definitely to me. when they when they first show him coming back from college. I was like, wait, he. I was like, I don't remember him coming back right away to Wayne Manor. I thought Alfred picked him up, and and I was like, oh, I forgot this whole. Like I was confused. I was like, he just left Tibet. What happened to the training montage? Well, and, and like I was, and I was like, confused for like a little bit. I was like, what's going on? And then they were like, said something about college, and I was like. Oh, you're not doing a very good job of making him look like he's in his twenties. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and it just there was nothing to indicate that like time was changing, you know. Yeah, yeah, they maybe a title card could have helped or something, I, or they just could have just done the chronology. I mean, I just think the chronology would have worked a lot better than these. Like, I think they jumped around because they were trying to compare, like, you know, he like. The loss of his idealism and the loss of the values that his father tried to instill in him by like look at this scene of this contrast and this stark contrast and it was just like back and forth and back and forth and it was very frustrating just watching it <laughs> for like the third time you know <laughs> apparently yeah. why am i gonna be on this stupid podcast if i have to put up with this i mean that's all i'm saying 
That's wow. All, all right. Well, we won't have Seth back apparently because he's a very <laughs> angry man. Uh, I want to apologize to everybody uh, about this. I'm so sorry. I'm so uh, sorry. Now, real quick, uh, let's just pop through this opening that that is very confusing. Liam Neeson shows up in prison, uh, which I can only assume these are the skills he uses later to find his daughter when she's kidnapped. But boom, boom. Woof. Yeah, I'm giving my own rim shots for these terrible jokes. <laughs> and he tells Bruce to come and pick a flower and climb up to the top of this mountain. And Bruce is immediately released. A flower from that's not that hard yeah, to get. Yeah, it seems to be off the highway. It doesn't seem it, that difficult. Yeah. Also, it feels like buses in that country don't stop. They just throw you off of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, hey, can you take me to the blue flower place? And they're like, yep, here it is. Uh, now, uh... I thought it was like I would pick maybe like two or three flowers and just like put a couple in my pocket just in case like the one that you're wearing blows off in the wind. You're like, God damn it, I gotta walk back <laughs> down get, this mountain. Or, or you get thrown out of a bus. Like, yeah, exactly. You never else. know. <laughs> uh, the, oh, go ahead. The, I also wanted to bring up as the resident comic advisor on this one. Um, uh, this this is definitely a, a tough one to compare to any comic book because it's more just based off of the assemblance of materials that comes from Batman in comic form. Um, but the two that come up would probably be Year One to some degree, and a really uh, less lesser known book called The Man Who Falls, which is I would say kind of reference in this movie because a recurring quote is "What do we do when we fall, Bruce? Yeah. Get back up again." Um, uh, it opened the, the Man Who Fall opens with. Uh, young Bruce Wayne falling in a well and it moves on to him being disillusioned his parents dying being disillusioned with you know justice systems across the globe and then uh, dropping out of grad school actually dropping out of being uh, almost an FBI agent strangely um, which actually I appreciate because I don't think this movie quite recalls that Bruce Wayne is also the world's greatest detective Detective. not just ice ice field ninja fighter guy but a detective (laughs) yeah which he doesn't seem to utilize at all there is no detective work in this film there is a lot of explosions gadgets driving trains into buildings (laughs) things Sort of the opposite of evidence collection and, and all that. So. But um, uh, uh, Bruce then meets uh, a, a, a assassin named Henry Ducard, uh, who is um, Liam Neeson's character in the film. Okay. Um, um, so, so the comic actually sticks, or the movie sticks to this comic, but in a weird way because this comic, and I, I did bring it up just now as I was referencing it, all this stuff happens that I just mentioned in about six pages. Because this is how this is how gold, kind of golden age kind of comics were told. Like the, the if you ever read the Fantastic Four's origin, it's literally a page and a half. It is like the shortest thing in the world. It actually is like they go to space and there's this bad space weather and they're back. Like it really is about that about that dense. Um, so this at this point in the comic, everything that you're seeing in the movie is 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 holding true to these like pages of this comic. But uh, from here on out, it it, it kind of just it becomes a Nolan's piece more than anything else. Uh, now Bruce makes it up the mountain to the oh my gosh are they called the Brotherhood of Shadow is that what they're called the League, League of Shadows. Shadows the League of Shadows I knew much better of Shadows in it where we meet uh, Ra's al Ghul who I got to give them credit they captured the stupid facial hair he has in the comics he has <laughs> the dumbest facial hair I've ever seen and they nailed it. Do you mean Ra's al Ghul or Liam Neeson because they both Ra- have some real Ra's dumb Ghul, facial hair? He has the classic like. I don't know, like, sideways mustache or something? I don't know how to say it. Like, two perpendicular mustache or parallel mustaches <laughs> yeah. growing from the yeah. bottom of his lip down instead of across. It's a very weird uh, hairstyle. He's played by uh, 
a really good Japanese actor who basically they could have cast anyone who was vaguely Asian. I don't know why they spent the money to get a well-known actor, but they did. I almost just knocked over my microphone, so might have to edit out whatever if there was a loud bang. I disagree. You disagree with what? Leave it in. Um, oh, okay, good, because I was talking. I don't know if I can edit it out. <laughs> now, um, they want to talk about what Bruce Wayne's fear is, and we cut back to he's afraid of the bats. And uh, then... you think he'd be afraid of guns. You think he'd be afraid of falling down wells that his dad didn't <laughs> properly seal. That's what I would be afraid of. Or arrowheads, or yeah, you know, something. Girls, yeah. girls, yeah, girls. <laughs> would that be what uh, Pogues? Would that be would that be like like what, what would happen if what would happen if if you were presented with Raza Ghoul and they demanded to know uh, your fear? Because like, he opens that box and bats come out. So what would you, what would happen if you opened your fear box? <laughs> What's in your fear box, folks? My fear box is just like a really long life. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> god damn it, this is going to last forever. <laughs> Paperwork. <laughs> oh, it's just a picture of me old. Damn it. Yeah, I was like, oh, so no heart attack when I'm 40. Really? Fuck. And I'm eating a lot of cheeseburgers. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing the Lord's work trying to get me out of here. Now, <laughs> there's just a pamphlet of heart disease in my fear box. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my joy box. Uh, what would be in your fear box? A pamphlet of heart disease. Oh, okay. What would be in Seth's? Oh, man. A uh, world without not, corgis? Not corgis. Yeah. yeah. Just be nothing and be like, I owe you one corgi. Just LOL, they don't exist. Yeah. No! I made them up in my mind. Seth looks up, screams, camera pans up, roll credits. Yep, that's Beautiful. it. Or it's just like a corgi, but it has normal legs, and you're just like, no, it's no. an abomination. It's a dog that isn't a corgi. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but bull, you're like you son of a bitch. Oh, damn it. We, at, we now at, uh, at, at, at this point we're at the ninja fight scene, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they beat him the up, f- and then we're back in the the backup, which is um, they go into the city. Bruce and his because nothing is a treat for a kid like going to the opera. Oh right, right, right. Oh yeah, we but talked about this. Now this we was a question that I had. We've already discussed that Wayne Manor is like in Connecticut, and you know they're trying to get to New York City. They drove into town and then got on the subway? Like, they had to drive all the way there. Why didn't they just drive to the theater? Why did they get on, like, already what is already a shitty-looking subway? And where would they get off the subway? Where would they... Where does that train it, it, go? It seems to just go to Wayne Manor from a or, or to Wayne Enterprises from like one stop. <laughs> yeah, seem- I didn't exactly understand where they're like. They all go to the central port, and I'm like, is this like they built Gotham City like it was Salt Lake City? You know, like where it's like the. The Temple of Mormons is, like, in yeah. the center, and then everything is just how many streets away from the <laughs> temple you are. But let me answer your question, though. Um, you see, living in a city, the parking... Uh, I, I live in um, uh, Chicago. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Do you? That's weird. I didn't even know. Hey, P- hey Pugs, <laughs> I, I want our listeners to know that I, too, am also in Chicago <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, this podcast is being recorded from... Chicago. You might actually say this is made in Chicago. In fact, some of the film was shot in... Oh, that's right. In Chicago. Uh, Chicago, Chica- I think is Yeah, what it's Chicago is... I think is, we're saying that right. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah. Was it the parts where it's like a real shithole? <laughs> 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 yeah, the grimiest parts. Um, uh, but no, no. Uh, yeah, it is bizarre that... I, I do kind of like that they're trying to pitch that the train is like a cool thing, like a nice thing, that it's not just for like 
homeless people to homeless sleep in. Pe- it's on a mobile. No, it's, it's bathroom. supposed to be nice, and everyone uses it, even the rich. Nobody pisses on yeah. us. <laughs> Which is uh, possibly more an absurd concept than Batman himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually it's like a whole setup for like a train and your wildest fantasies. <laughs> But I do have a point of compliment. For, I mean, I, again, I'm not trying to trash the movie. We, this is just what we do. But a point to actually compliment is I kind of, even though it's brief, I liked Bruce Wayne's dad in this in this film. Yeah, I thought the guy they got to play his dad was great. It's a shame that his mom wasn't allowed to speak. Yeah, she uh, didn't have a single fucking word, right? Isn't that so annoying? Yeah, she basically was like a sack of potatoes with a wig on. Yeah. They could have. I was just like, wow, it's odd. She never talks at all. But I like that he like comforts Bruce and and and, and gives him like inspired like words and he seems really warm you know just as, as like a character i really liked how they did his dad it kind of adds another dimension because usually his parents are just props for to be shot yes are both are both potato sacks at least this time one of them yeah, was, <laughs> yeah they're like yeah i i will say i i jumping ahead i thought they handled the well we'll just get to it in a second anyway so they go to the theater where they're seeing i don't know some play i think deflator mouse is that an opera no, that's a that's a uh, uh, that's an EDM musician. Um. Okay, well, folks, this is the last episode of the show. <laughs> ben finally found a worse joke than my taken joke, so that's good. He really picked 30, it up quick. <laughs> right, but they they're exiting. Yeah, that that. Um, actually, I think you're right. Actually, I think it is Flutter Mouse. But they're leaving that opera, and that's when uh, Joe Chill shows up. Yeah. By the way, this movie sticks really hard to names from characters in Batman. This, this no matter a lot of, how stupid they are. No matter, yeah. The, even if it means a character later saying, the night Joe Chill died, or the night Chill died, which just sounds like a weird like jam it's album. Sa- yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like it should be <laughs> a uh, like an easy listening song. <laughs> now, did you think it was odd that like they're in an opera? Uh-huh. That theater is clearly made for plays and operas. It's not just like it's, you know... The YMCA. Yeah. Why the fuck is it, like, why did they build it in the worst part of town? Like, they go out the back door, and it's like, it exits into basically a toilet, which is an alley. It's so dirty. Yeah. I mean, there has to be a front entrance to that building. They went out... Where like the staff goes to smoke weed in between shifts. And yeah, and I'm like, like, I'm like, it's not a movie theater. There's not a door that just exits out the back. It's a theater. Like if you walk to the back of a theater, it's the stage behind the theater. Like they went past like all the where sandbags and. I feel like I feel like what happened was is they tried to leave and and an usher was like, no, you can't go out this way. It'll disturb the audience. Please take the crime door. And... Yeah, uh, just uh, pop out crime alley. Yeah, yeah, you, and then just just walk around. <laughs> Where's this one exit on to? Does it? Exit it onto Ice Cream Lane. Nope, this no. one goes straight out to Crime Alley. Straight out to Crime Alley. Now, I thought that they did handle the, um, the like the whole death. I, I thought that was I, I liked it better than the really terrible one in in Batman nineteen eighty nine. I like that the death is sort of completely accidental. The guy just freaks and accidentally sort of kills Wayne, and then while struggling with the mother, he accidentally kind of kills them, and then just freaks out and runs away. I thought it was well handled. As far as it goes, but... Yeah, and and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I also have to comment on this. I I don't know what these movies' obsession is with having to tie an existing character to this death sequence. Because in 1989, the Joker is supposed to have done it. Like, they made the Joker... A younger Joker killed, or a younger whatever his... Jack Palance or whatever his name is. Jack Uh, Palance? His character's name? That's the actor in that movie. Never mind. Jack um, Napier. That's it. Jack Napier. Um, 
they make him the killer in the Batman 1989 uh, uh, version. In this one, it's Joe Chill, but it's heavily implied by Liam Neeson's character that he's responsible. No, they're in they're some way that they tried to. I, we'll get to. The, we got to talk about that in a okay. second when we get to it. But they're we basic, jump ahead because we're still on the death sequence. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're gotta, basic. Let's move it along. <laughs> their basic thing is that they tried to. They created the depression in Gotham, so technically. It's their fault that Joe Chill doesn't have a job, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're, oh, Pokes, Pokes, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're, yeah, we we'll got words. We got some words. We got, about I, we got I have some. a feeling we're all going to have the same opinion. Now, uh, his dad gives him some inspiring words after being shot in the chest and like apparently experiencing no pain. He's just like, hey, Bruce, man, it'll be okay. I'm like, just buck up. I'm like, that guy is not even, he's hardcore. Now, um, so we cut to the funeral, and I thought this was just uh, an interesting thing to throw up uh, real quick. Is at the funeral, the guy who runs, who's like the head of the board at Wayne Enterprises, comes up and he's like, "Hey, we'll take care of your." It's like, dude, couldn't this wait till a day that wasn't the day we bu- we buried both my parents for you to be like, "Hey, I'm gonna keep making your company money. You don't worry about it, kid." I'm like, what an odd thing to say to a, a child. Can, can you yeah. come in on Monday? We gotta pay some paperwork. Yeah. Yourself. It's not like this guy's like in his forties. He's like he's like a nine-year-old kid. So then it jumps forward to Bruce shows up back from college. He's gonna go and kill uh, Joe Chill, but he he's waiting outside. And apparently Gotham never saw the assassination of Lee Harvey Oswald because it's like beat for beat, almost the exact thing that happens. Yeah, like wow, they didn't know you're supposed to put a bulletproof vest on people. Was it so, also clear who shot him? Because in that, that sequence, woman it's... who walks up and says. Hey, Falcone says hello, which I'm like, oh. wow, they found a female actor to play. <laughs> I'm assuming it's supposed to be a, a role from a guy from the Jersey Shore. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know we're trying to move, but can we talk for a minute about accents? There's some bizarre accent, accents all over this movie, only not, from tertiary characters. Well, no, well, but Christian Bale's whole, like we talked about, we yeah. uh, just in my notes we skipped over it, but Christian Bale, outside of Batman character... Just in his speaking voice is different. Yeah. Like he whispers to Katie Holmes the entire movie. Yeah. Does it Except- also seem like to you guys? I don't. I don't want this to sound offensive, but doesn't it look like he's wearing like a fake set of teeth at the top of his mouth? Like his. It always just seems like his front teeth, like his top <laughs> row of teeth, are super visible, and it looks like he has something in his mouth whenever they show him. I'm like, is it supposed to be like he's putting fake teeth in, so like you can't tell it's Batman because you can only. I just. Or maybe that's just the way Christian Bale looks. I don't. I know. think it's just the way Christian Bale looks. Uh, yeah. I I also don't know who you thought would take find that offensive. Like besides Christian Bale himself listening to the podcast or dentists. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, all yeah, Christian dentists. Bale's like, God damn it, man! First the lighting guys, but, now these assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but later on, there's like a scene where uh, 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 Scarecrow is talking to his like henchmen, and one of them's like. Hey, boss, is it true that you can fly? And I'm like, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Falcon was, was like, they were like, hey, can you do sort of like a, a really stereotypical, like, Jersey, New York, Italian guy? And he was like, how about this? They were like, no, more like a cartoon character. Yeah. You know, like, no human talks? Yeah. And then he's like, so everyone's going to be doing that, right? No, it's just you. (laughs) Yeah, it's just you. (laughs) The other guy's going to be for, like, a Cockney accent. You're going to be the Brooklyn one, and everyone else is going to talk normal. (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to basically, it's a real grab bag. We just want to make it all inclusive. Don't worry, our main character just growls through most of it. Yeah. He's either growling or whispering. So, you know. Well, he's whispering because he killed his voice growling. Yeah. 
But seriously, like, fast forward to, like, the, the, the basement scene with Scarecrow, like, manufacturing his shit. What is going... It is a bunch of just, oh, boss, oh, is, he, is he really a bat? Like, it's the best shit you've ever heard. Also, I don't I, understand this, it. I don't know why this one shot made me laugh. There's a guy with, like, a mini Uzi that he's put, like, a tiny handle on the front of. But, like, the <laughs> mini Uzi is only the size of a pistol. So he's got, like, this little handle. His hands are so close together. Boss, I got, I got real sensitive hands. <laughs> I don't know why, but I started cracking up when I saw that because he was like, I heard he could fly. And then they cut to this guy, and I'm like... <laughs> What he's the? got like a training wheels on his Uzi because he's just yeah. I'm like, who are these criminals? <laughs> they gotta outsource him apparently. I don't know why. Uh, all right, so real quick, we'll go back. Uh, Bruce tells Rachel that he was gonna kill Joe Chill, and she basically castrates him. I mean, she just rips into him, yep. slaps him a couple of times, and then he goes in to see uh, Italian stereotype. Mm-hmm. They he gets pushed around and gets thrown out. Then he walks outside, and I had a question: Was the homeless guy? Is he the most interesting man in the world? No, uh, it's but, not. But Seth has something for this. But <laughs> he is the villain in Taken Two. Oh, that's who it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> all right. I, I like when they showed him. I was like, oh, that guy looks really familiar. And I don't know why I thought it was the most this, interesting man in the world. The actor, the actor is uh, he. I believe he's Turkish, so I'm not going to get the last name right. But it's uh, his first name is Raid R A D E, or maybe that's Rade. I'm not sure. But he is the bad guy in Taken Two, and in the ice fighting training sequence uh, after Liam Neeson knocks Christian Bale into the ice. Liam Neeson says, I used to have someone I love, but she was taken from me. Yeah, exact quote. So we suspect (laughs) that this is... A sequel to the Taken franchise. It's a sequel to Taken 3. Yeah. Uh, But this is also a prequel to the Batman series. I don't consider this a Batman movie. I consider this a prequel to the the Batman. And the villain from Taken 2 survived, and now he's stalking Liam Neeson's character character. in in Gotham. Yeah, Yeah. it, it all checks out. And he shows up again later. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's, he's weirdly still persistent. Still wearing that jacket like ten years later. Yeah, <laughs> like it really was a nice jacket. He was right; so, that thing held up well. So that was the movie connection I hinted at uh, when we were getting this all set up. Is that <laughs> nice, I like Liam that. Neeson literally says, "But she was taken yeah, from me." Exact wording. I know that's a common turn of phrase, I guess, but. but then so the guy from Taken Two is the homeless guy. It, so it can't be a coincidence. I think it's all. I think it all takes place in the same universe. I say that with intense sarcasm. Of course, it's a I fucking say it with coincidence. None. <laughs> also, uh, this, sorry. this is an interesting sequence. So we're talking about the Falcone moment where, where Bruce Wayne yes. is interacting with him. So he's he's with Rachel in their car, and they're up above. On uh, uh, Wacker Drive, actually, is where they're at. Uh, 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 oh, which, we got it. You know where no, let, let me finish this. And then he, he, he she, they say something about crime, and she drives down to Lower Wacker, which is just an area for, like, shipping and receiving. It's all it fucking is. And they drive down, but suddenly it's, like, the scummiest place alive. <laughs> like, a lot of the shots are kind of confusing because hey, they're... Ben, ben. 
Gotham and Chicago are not the same city, okay? Just let it's it not, go. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that it's a, there's no place like that where it's oh, fine. Oh, yeah, where it goes from, like, perfectly, really yeah. nice Yeah, and then you just go underground, and suddenly there's just, like, caverns of homeless and, like, mob well, boss restaurants. Like, it's so also, confusing. Also, I'm not sure how many modern cities have basically a shantytown built in, like, on an island next to them. Like, the Narrows <laughs> yeah. is... Yeah, the Narrows is weird. It's like a Dr. Seuss design. It's like the buildings are like oddly connected and like falling over. I'm like, why? How would that it even made, exist? Honestly, you know, like visually, it reminded me of Blade Runner. Yeah, like the set yeah. design totally reminded me of like Los Angeles. Isn't Los Angeles where Blade Runner? Yeah, I the think city so. or yeah. you know the future version. I was just like, wow, this is not Chicago. <laughs> like, well, this is not yeah. anywhere except this for not, maybe, like, yeah. the Lower East End in London in the it's 1800s. Like Thailand or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck is this Location-wise, is dizzying. And that wasn't my point with talking about the whole Wacker Drive thing. I just found it so cheesy when, when, when she's like, but crime still exists or something like and that. And just turns and left. And just, yeah, just turns <laughs> into, like, the crime part. Like, yeah. it just seems, like, so well, silly. Well, that's Crime Boulevard. Yeah, so right. Yeah, lower turn. Crime, crime lower Avenue. Crime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get back. Now, after this, Bruce goes through his initiation where they, they give him some drugs and he's being punched repeatedly by Liam Neeson and there's, like, this really well choreographed... Are we like, still here? Are they going to Yeah. Now, oh my God. I, this is... We're getting to the point now. minutes has passed since I last looked at the clock. <laughs> now, this is the scene where we understand the League of Shadows plan, which they say... Bruce is going to go back and help them destroy Gotham. And they imply that Gotham is the worst city in the world. Yes. Now, in yeah. this, there is an underground prison where Bane takes Batman later. So there's some fucked up country where they're just dropping people down a well. Uh-huh. This this also has to exist in a world in which, like, there's countries in Africa where they kidnap children and force them, be like, onto drugs so they become murderers. Uh-huh. And Gotham is the worst city when we, at least two-thirds of gotham looks great you know just don't go down to the lower roads and you're fine don't go to lower crime boulevard and it's all good yeah and i don't understand <laughs> like how is like destroying gotham gonna do anything they're like we sacked rome and i'm like okay well rome was an empire and its sacking basically led to the fall of the empire gotham's yeah. just a city in the united states nothing's gonna happen and it's politically corrupt like uh most cities in America. Yeah. <laughs> or like most city, like most large cities in I don't know anywhere. Like I, I find it hard yeah, to that like they, Gotham is literally the worst city they could find. They pitch you that that Gotham's the worst city that, that, but, that they could find. But, the, but nothing in the movie backs that up. Like the, I mean Gotham doesn't seem like that bad. There is there's a scene there's a scene where one of the cops goes and, and gets hot dogs from like a hot dog vendor on the street. Yeah, shit ain't that bad. No, like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's like, like in the in we were talking about you know this earlier where in the the eighty nine Batman and what the sequel the one yeah. that came out after like you can feel that it is very bad that there is crime everywhere that it is darker here it's like with the exception of Crime Boulevard which is like and under crime a Avenue. building or something there's other people just walking around yeah yeah it's just like an ordinary big city and then like the whole thing is they're like we have to get rid of the corruption it's like well then why don't you just kill the corrupt people you're basically planning on killing a city of like three to four million people who at best 
200,000 of them are criminals? Yeah. Like, and, and, and most of the people are criminals because you caused it. You, yeah. you say later, yeah. you caused the depression, which led to all the crime. Yeah, and they're responsible for the poverty. And then he's like, ah, oh, the poverty. Anyway, there's so much crime here. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> you are 100% responsible for every bad thing in Gotham. It's why would people, cool. you know, Why would people turn to crime to fulfill their basic <laughs> needs that are otherwise unachievable? Thanks to our actions. Thanks to the, all the poverty we called, which prevents them from progressing. Shut up. Yeah, sh- look, shut up. It is, it is very bizarre. So then they want Bruce for his final action is he wants to they want him to kill a murderer. And this is where Batman kind of his uh, his code of ethics is sort of established, which is Batman thinks that he needs to be better than criminals. So he'll never kill anyone. He'll make sure that they have to go to jail and all this. You know, that's that's the reason he never kills the Joker in the comic books is because he says, you know, if I cross that line, then I'm no better than the criminals. And so, you know, you get this. So he's unwilling to kill this one, this farmer. And so instead throws a hot brand onto a pile of black powder and basically kills a good number of the League of Shadows. Plus, there's no way that farmer made it out of there alive. So he basically ends up killing probably 20 or 30 people, including the guy he refused to kill. Checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, awesome. can't fight that one. Also, that entire building must have been just a black powder storage. Like, there must have been nothing. was. I've never seen, like, every room is just exploding. Hey, yeah. Hey, Gary, <laughs> did you did you put the black powder away so we're safe? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's no. fine. It's just, just, it's just in torch throwing range right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just put it uh, on the floor above us. Yeah. It's just a torch's throw away. Yeah. It's, it's above. It's on the floor above an open flame. The wood. You know the wooden building we live in? I put all the gunpowder in the top floor of the building just out on in the open. And, it's cool. And you know, no one, like when. Maybe some ninjas made it out, but no one grabbed the farmer on the way out. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's tying up. So that's like he has no way of getting out. And then, like, it just felt like somebody was like, hey, whitewash the building. But they're like, oh, it'll look weird whitewash. And they're like, just put some black powder in that whitewash and just paint the entire... Because, like, they show an exterior shot, and, like, one part of it's on fire, and then the entire rest of the building just explodes. And Batman has, like, some great upper body strength in this movie. He uh, pulls dead weight up over a mountain's oh, wow. ledge. That would have, like, dis- like, dislocated his shoulder. There's no way. Unrealistic, but a cool scene. Yeah, I mean, I was like, wow, Batman really can just do whatever he wants now. Yeah, there's a lot of moments where I'm like, that can't happen, but I'm loving that I'm seeing it right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. like most of like the Batmobile sequence, I'm just like, this is impossible. I fucking love it. Like, oh, this I hate is the Batmobile great. sequence. The best, we'll get best to that. type of impossible. Uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne returns back uh, where he meets up with Alfred, who has aged really well. And Very well. He, he hasn't aged at all since Bruce Wayne was a child. He might be a vampire. Yeah. Like... You know what? I'd like to go into that later. Uh, your ideas intrigue me, and I'd like to subscribe to, <laughs> subscribe to my newsletter, folks. Now, he comes back, and he sees Rachel talking with a DA, and the DA kisses her, and I'm just like, holy shit, every DA in Gotham is just like, I'm going to bang the assistant DA underneath of me. I'm just going to go to town on her. It's, a, it's, it's every DA's dream. Yeah, this guy gets killed, and then instantly she meets up with Two-Face, and he's like, i got to get up on that, even though you no longer look like Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which is odd, but whatever. Even though you've it. mutated, but I guess I'll. Uh... Also, real quick here, little Zaz reference. Uh, Zaz yeah. is mentioned here, and then later shown actually in the asylum sequence, which is the uh, 
a notorious Gotham serial killer who marks himself with the number of victims he's killed. Yes, which they make him, he's an assassin for the mob, which I didn't much care for, but I also thought that was weird. She's like, he's not crazy. I'm like, the guy is carving hash marks into his body. He's definitely not right in the head. (laughs) Um, And then Bruce Wayne goes back to find that unsealed well and goes down there and finds the Batcave. Also decides this point, or around this point, to uh, as he works with Lucius Fox, to uh, order the pieces to assemble his costume. And him and like, there's a scene where him and Alfred are discussing like the logistics of buying all the pieces <laughs> to assemble his like bat costumes to avoid uh, like suspicion. Suspicion. Yeah. You don't want to do anything weird. Yeah, and he's referencing like the ears of it, like the pointy ears, and he says, "Order ten thousand of those to avoid suspicion." I was like, "What?" <laughs> 10,000 pointy bat ears avoids in in his defense they were ordering them from china so if you only order one of something from china they're like hey now if you're like you want a billion of something completely worthless we're your country now I mean, like, the police just have to be like hey can you google the shipments uh any bat ears <laughs> yeah ten thousand to bruce wayne <laughs> oh well there we go <laughs> all right that's that the only detective work done in the Batman movie. Was only now, see, I gotta say, Batman. I actually kind of appreciated that they showed where he got his costume. I actually, oh, no, we liked it too. We liked, we kind of liked how, um, and and just there's a a recurring theme, uh, or there's other parts of the movie that we didn't like because of how well they set up Batman. Because it was like, oh yeah, he's a billionaire. We everybody knows that. But then it was like, well, where did all this shit come from? Well, it's like extreme you know extreme sports equipment military stuff yeah like he kind of had the workings of it and then you get to see him like refine it we kind of liked the montage stuff and he's like trying stuff and he sucks at some things oh yeah you gotta love yeah. any good montage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's there's a later one too of him assembling his gear like like commando style yeah it made me think of commando oh, or yeah, predator right. or something yeah. in which you like just like very poorly cut some straps off of a belt yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there's so many strings hanging off of that thing. I'm like, bro, that's just not the, quality work. There is some clever nuance from from Nolan here, though. Like, because when he puts the bat belt on, essentially, like in this early sequence, it's just a belt. It's just like a regular like carbon fiber like belt, utility belt. Yeah, but it and kind of looks like it's not yellow. So it's not too on the nose, and it's got sort of a shape to like the buckle, but it's not like a Batman shape. So he's just like he's skirting the line enough that I'm like I, I get it. He's like it's like here it is. Like here's the outrageous comic book gar- like 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 insanity. Like kind of just tweaked just enough so that you buy it, which is sort of something he does for a while, and then gets so excited about it, he does it for an entire hour, <laughs> which is kind of the problem <laughs> yeah, with this movie when you rewatch it. Is is his his links to everything in the Batman mythos is cool, but he but yeah, takes... he, he does kind of like, for example, as much as I like the scene about how he gets the mask, that really doesn't need to be in the movie. And like, and they get it, and they're like, there's something wrong with the graphite. I'm like, that never comes up in the movie. Why is that scene in there? I mean, it's yeah. only like 30 seconds, but I'm just like, what an odd inclusion. But it's a lot of these moments that stack up, like, that end up making an hour movie before you even see a dude in a bat suit, which is like almost a crime when you're doing a movie where it's a superhero and they don't get to actually be the superhero until half the movie's gone. <laughs> he he shows up. They're doing a uh, a drug trafficking thing where they're bringing in drugs, and it's implied. Uh, you know, you figure it out later that uh, Ra's al Ghul is not dead. Uh, he was never actually Ken Watanabe. He was 
Liam Neeson, and that was the trick. Because uh, in the comics, you can't kill Ra's al Ghul because he has these things called Lazarus Pits, and when he gets really old, he lays in them, and they like rejuvenate him, they turn him young. And clearly Nolan wasn't going to do that in a movie. So that's sort of how they explain how he can't It's interesting, killed. yeah. Although I will say, for the first time that we see Batman in action, they do do it right. Because compare that to the first time you see Batman in action in the original run with the 1989 version. Where he just instantly gets shot? Where he just drifts slowly into frame and gets shot by a a crack addict instantly. In this scene, he's like doing what Batman should be doing, which is playing upon the fear of his enemies. Not by taking bullets... Yeah, yeah, it's very up cool again. when they look up and he's hanging upside down from yeah. the plane, and he really looks like a bat for a second, mm-hmm. and then he opens then, his cape and he can't... I, I did find that the fight scenes in this movie were kind of hard to track. Like, they're impossible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's as many cuts as could possibly fit into a movie combined with shaky cam. All that climaxing at the at the at the end of the film on the train, you cannot follow a single inch of that fight with with Roger. Oh, I, yeah. I think a lot of that. I think a lot of that is a was uh, if you look at. So this is this came out in two thousand five, right? Yeah. So like, I think that quick cut, choppy, you know, jumping from like a punch to a kick to a throw, like real snap, 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 was like a like a Hollywood. As a whole, fad. Trying, yeah, I mean, to, they still do trying it in a to lot of movies. find a style. Yeah, post Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of which... like, they tried to do all the bullet time in every single fucking movie for a couple of years, and I think it was like, oh, like because at the time, like at the same time, there were a lot of uh, like Korean and Japanese and Chinese martial arts movies that were doing like that quick cut stuff, and I think, I think they were like, oh, well, that's what. <laughs> That's what those action movies are doing. Let's try that. Except they did it really poorly. It's like, rough. In this movie, I, I I can't see who's punching until we've already cut to the next sequence. I don't know where we are. I don't know what's near me. I'm just like dizzy in these fight sequences. I find yeah, it really annoying. The one at the 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 drug bust, it's impossible to tell what's going on because oh, everybody's absolutely. vaguely dressed the same and it's not lighted very well. So it's just like it's just like a group of people in dark clothing punching each other. But let's go ahead and just skip ahead. Uh, not a whole lot happens. He turns in uh, Falcone by strapping him to a light, making the sort of first uh, yeah, bat that, symbol. That bugged me. Like, yeah, that was annoying. I it's I, I get Nolan's <laughs> trying to take the 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 comic absurdity of a comic and make it a little more like tethered to reality. But you can just have him make the light. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not gonna cry if 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 he's like, well, how do we reach him? I'm like, well, I'll just. Create a signal, like, for the Batman. A bat signal. Like, it's fine. I got it. You don't have to, like, build this whole thing where he straps into a light. I enjoyed forms that. A, ah, it, it bugged the shit at me a little I bit. Thought but... that, I thought that it was just sort of an interesting thing so that he could, like, as an idea to be like, I'm going to leave him in such a bizarre position that uh, Gordon is going to be like, oh, shit, this is the symbol. This, you know, the Batman did this, and he really is going to start cleaning up Gotham, so I should get in on this. Fair enough. Now, but, oh, go ahead. I, I have another thing to comment on here because at this point, Falcone is being, you know, brought to Arkham Asylum, correct? Yes. Well, that's, that's where we're at, basically. Well, no, there's like a lot between that. I, th- I don't even know. Fuck it. Just let's talk about it. Cause I don't know <laughs> that happens. At this point, fuck, fuck chronology. Let's talk about what's interesting. Here's the thing that bugged me is at this point, we're, we're at somewhere around this point, we're introduced to the scene in which uh, uh, Cillian Murphy playing um, at. Um, what is his goddamn name? Not, not I know he's Scarecrow. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Crane. Crane. 
He comes in as Jonathan Crane, who you've only seen in little snippets, basically just being tangentially involved with the mob and and being sort of a skeevy therapist. Creepy. Like, yeah. you know he's not a good guy. Yeah, he's under the table taking money and, and doing shit. Fine. And then he walks into this sequence with Falcone, and he just busts a burlap sack out and says, I invented a fear drug. And you're just like, wait, what? You... You're a supervillain already? He got on Etsy, <laughs> he got some twine and a burlap sack, and he made a little scary puppet mask. Th- th- it is out then of Then he nowhere. invented a scary, <laughs> a scary spray and some sort of aerosol disbursement thing. He technically didn't make it. It's based off of the blue flower drug. Yeah, but, they give but then he has it's like still a... still stupid as shit. He has a... He has a, um... Inspector Gadget briefcase yes. with all of his toys in it. It's just so like we get we get four hours of Batman beginning, yeah, and then we get oh yeah, I got the suitcase, slam on table, hold up mask, spray, <laughs> I'm the scarecrow, like it just fucking it just happens. It it feels it feels like they lost twenty pages of script, yeah. And, and well, they actually were going to improvise. Well, yeah. There was a scene, but they came down to it, and they were like, what do you want, Nolan? Uh, Scarecrow origin or Batman? He was like, I need that scene about the graphite not being good and the, hel- ma- uh, the helmets that he ordered. And I will so. stab you if you lose that scene where they order the ears. I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, in that scene... There would be a camera in that room filming Cillian Murphy, filming the Scarecrow talking to that guy. You right, can't yeah. interview a suspected, like, a person, like, they don't just leave them in rooms alone with no one watching. That's not even remotely how crime works. Especially somebody that high profile. So Especially somebody who they think just tried to commit suicide. Yep, yep. Oh, boy. So, yeah. that's that's a little weird. Now, we get to an even weirder part, which is the whole movie's ending plot is based on the fact that Wayne Enterprises developed a microwave emitter for uh, use in desert warfare where they could sh- like dry up the enemy's water supply. But how does that work? Because you'd have to know where the water is. And if you're like in a cave, you're not going to know where... Uh, just it like pointed at every mountain? And it would also... I mean, it's like... You you have like water in your stomach. In yeah, your that's what I thought. I was like, wouldn't yeah. it? We're like seventy percent water. Wouldn't we just like oh, yeah. instantly explode? Yeah, we just we with like that scene in like uh, Indiana Jones where like they drink from the wrong grail. Yeah. We were just like turned well, into powder and dust. Yeah. It's like yeah. a microwave oven has like shielding on it because if it didn't, it would boil your skin. Yeah, it, it emits microwaves that's what a microwave is it would boil your skin so that that whole thing just i'm like that's the that's it that's and to play devil's advocate to myself and then defeat it is that most people would be like (laughs) most people would be like oh it's a movie you gotta suspend i mean it's about the batman yeah but you're like but the movie has spent careful amounts of time to be like oh this piece was for a military suit and this piece was for base jumping and it reforms with electricity like and they, they, they did everything so cautiously and strategically through the whole movie and then like oh yeah this thing vaporizes water but you're fine so it makes <laughs> steam yeah and I, then... I don't know that's it's very unclear also i just don't under i don't understand why the the it couldn't have just been they're poisoning the water supply. Because I guess it would have been like it should have already taken effect or something. I don't know. The whole plot to me 
just like <laughs> end plot makes no sense. And it let's gets just get to it. Looser and looser and looser as it goes. They're on. pouring all of this chemical into the water, and if it can be turned into an aerosol, it'll make everybody afraid. They have this microwave emitter, and the way they make it sound is if it's just pointed near water. So why does it have to be on a train moving, and why is it affecting what's directly below it instead of what's in front of it? Because is it just shooting out microwaves? Because like you said, that would kill anyone next to it. Also, if if the point was that it, it would be most effective in the Wayne Enterprise Tower because that's where all the water mains like reach, why not just start there? There's why, a, yeah, there's a lot of questions. Why have it in the Narrows first and then run it to the tower? Why not just go... Like, if they're so good at infiltrating the, the world and, and all the shit they do, just fucking stroll it into Wayne Tower in a truck and then blow it up there. Like, I, I, Yeah. So little makes sense about this plan. Well, yeah, um, now that I'm, I'm just looking back through my notes, we skipped like a huge chunk of this movie. Uh, we forgot about when Batman tracks down the drugs using his only detective thing, which is he kidnaps... Uh, Flass after he's oh, stolen yeah. some tips from a falafel guy and then eating falafel in a downpour, which would be the most disgusting thing ever. <laughs> it makes you hate that character more. Well, it just makes you want to be like, that, like, wet falafel? Oh, that just sounds disgusting. Also, Flass, <laughs> F- Flass being another reference character, also a real character from... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're Batman Year One, he's the... He looks nothing at all like the actor. No, he's not at like all. like a real pretty boy in that. Yeah. And this is where I feel like Batman really goes into the the batman voice where he's just like where are they taking the drugs i'm like ah, oh, that's where it's because like before he's not that hard to understand no this voice goes back he's got like the set point of, out he's got like on. three three voices basically he's got his normal speaking voice he's got a whisper voice when he's being serious and emotional then he's got his Batman voice, his gravelly, like the one you. But I think there's remember. two Batman voices. I think there's like Batman voice, and then yeah, that, by Dark right. Knight, they're like he's like I've ruined my throat. But no, even in this movie, like at one point when he ra- when he rescues Rachel from being poisoned with the drugs, he uh uh or or no yeah that's right when he when he when he rescues Rachel and gives her the antidote he. <laughs> He's just talking like Bruce Wayne. I guess it's because he wants her to know, maybe. I don't know. But he, he flops all over the place with his voice. And I actually kind of like it when he's not doing the gravelly Batman I don't. Voice. I can't stand the Batman voice. So I don't like I, the, Yeah. But he's, like, talking to Gordon and he's explaining what happened. It's just, like, a normal, like, nice... His voice is a little deeper and gravelier. It's not... Yeah, I prefer that. I wish that had been the, the, the standard set. But I, I do understand that people are pretty split on the Batman voice overall, I think. I think people like it and some people don't. I've never heard but somebody say that they enjoy it. Uh, I, I've heard some people say they like it. And listeners, go ahead and uh, yell at Pogues and shout at him on the street if you if you uh, agree with me. Yeah, Pogues's yeah. home address is... No, <laughs> no, uh, I edit these. Uh, but there's also, <laughs> there's also a moment I want to talk about pretty bad right here that is, we may have glossed over. Well... He shows up and uh, he gets poisoned by the scarecrow, gets okay, lit on yeah. fire, falls out of a building, rolls around for a while, gets on top of a building, and calls Alfred. And then the very next shot is Alfred is driving Batman in the town car back to Wayne Manor. Yeah. How did I... it, like a 70-year-old man get up onto a roof, get a, a deranged Batman, get him back down, and put him into a car and nobody notice? Yeah, I kind of wish narrows, that... <laughs> where you can't imagine there's ever been a Lincoln Town Car, ever. You know, unless yeah. it's like the wheels were gone. And, and the movie establishes 
that later on, or I think it's around this time, Batman is out on a fire escape and like a little kid escaping his aggressive parents comes out onto the balcony uh, for a little fresh air and, and runs into Batman. So yeah. so it seems like it's it seems like it's pretty easy to get spotted here. So I don't know how a seventy year old Michael Caine is that Michael Caine carrying yeah. Batman off a roof in a suit <laughs> to a town car? You're like what's that in very cockney gentleman doing? Also, we were laughing really hard at the, the the child on the balcony sequence because he reaches in his belt and gives him... Is it a batarang he gives him, I think? No, yeah. no, he gives him the binoculars that he's used That's to right. into the room. Which, the binoculars. Which would like not to... prove you met Batman. It just means you stole some electronics. <laughs> <laughs> but it also made us think that his belt is full of really lethal gadgets. Explosives. So we, <laughs> and... we like to imagine that in the in the rain, in his big suit, like when everything's painted black, he just hands the kid like some like nerve gas canister or something. <laughs> Or one of his exploding batteries. <laughs> we were watching it, and he like tosses the kid the thing, and I'm, and you know, we were like, oh, like you know, he just like, <laughs> like just you know, in the in the moment, it, it threw, tasers him, through a grenade, or releases some sort of powder or something, and he's like, oh, none of the things on my belt are labeled. I don't know what this. I'm sorry, stuff is. they're all black. I knew it. This just black squares on my belt. I don't know what this stuff is yet. And he just like runs away. And yeah. the kids like twitching on the ground. Or it just turns out to be shark repellent. <laughs> well, right. You know, the kid's yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, why? Now, after this, Bruce Wayne wakes up. Lucius Fox has been told uh, of his... He's figured out his secret identity. And uh, it's been three days. We find out it's Bruce's birthday. And in the background of the scene where Rachel comes to drop off a gift, there's a thing that says, happy 30th. Doesn't it feel like he should be older than that? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I'm 30. It's... <laughs> I'm 33. Shit. I'm older than both of you, so let's shut up. <laughs> now, and then, then we get the scene where, uh, I don't know, whatever the name of the guy is who runs Wayne Enterprises. I don't remember what his name is. Let's just call him Shady McShaderton. Yeah, okay. Or apparently his name's Earl. Good old Rutger Howard. <laughs> Good old CEO Earl. Yeah. He comes down to talk to... Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, and he wants him to get him all of the information, all of the plans, and all of the backups about this microwave emitter. And Lucius Fox says, why, what happened? Did you lose one? That's his question. And the guy says, uh, I'm merging your department. You're fired. Didn't you get the memo? You just ask a guy to get all of the information that could incriminate Wayne Enterprises in this possible crime? And then you fired him? Like, what's the keep him from getting all those backups and just immediately going to the press and the FBI? Like, Locking wait till you the get the backups before you fire him. But uh, I, I, I'm just I'm just waiting to talk about one specific sequence, which is when they bust up the the, the drug ring inside the asylum. Is that what well? We're let's let's we're almost there. Yeah. All right. So basically, Rachel Dawes shows up, and she's gonna she's gonna find out what's inside uh, Falcone's blood. And so the Scarecrow takes her down to show him that they've been poisoning the water supply, which I'm pretty certain that if you open a water main by just cracking a hole in it, it's going to depressurize, and the people at the central water plant are going to be like, we're losing pressure out in the Narrows. Like, that yeah, water would just squirt out of there. Those tubes are pressurized. They had, a, they had a real working knowledge of all the pressure of those tubes but when the when the whole you know, sequence yeah. starts. They're really intense about it, so yeah, the fact that they didn't even notice that was odd. And so he gasses her. She's going to go crazy. Uh, she's also pulling a little Kristen Dunst in this scene because uh, it's apparently cold in the basement of Arkham. 
Uh, Batman comes to her rescue, and this is where they br- they bust up the drug ring, I guess. You're talking about when Batman shows up? Yeah, it's my fucking favorite thing about this fucking movie. Because he picks up a... I mean, the, the Scarecrow makes a point to say that he gave Rachel a lethal, like, concentrated dose of his, like, fear, agitation, anxiety, like, panic serum into his into her fucking face... And so Batman's resolution to save her life is to dress as a bat, chuck her into a, a tank car, then ramp some police cars. Yeah, basically drive the in the scariest way humanly possible instead and of like opens, immediately sedating her. And he opens the sequence by screaming, literally screaming, Rachel, you've been poisoned! <laughs> <laughs> now, now stay calm! Rachel, I'm the Batman! You've been poisoned! I'm gonna drive over the police! In a tank! <laughs> Also, when, when Gordon is carrying her out of the place and all those bats are there, at least one of them would have gotten stuck in her hair. That's the real danger of a bat in your house is they fly into your hair and they get stuck. Now, there, this car chase, to me, is a scene that should have been cut out of the film entirely. Fuck you. And been what? replaced with backstory about the Scarecrow. It's pointless. Fuck. It's you. not interesting. Pointless. It's 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 point is to make me have a good time. Well, it <laughs> failed for me then because I'm just like he's causing you know millions of dollars of property damage. He's and, endangering you know, the lives of. There is no way they people. say later. Alfred makes sure to point out that no one is hurt in that cop chase. Yeah, that is. There ridiculous. is no way at least seven of those people aren't dead. One he, guy he slams fl- going like sixty miles per hour into like the divider in between yeah. like an off ramp and <laughs> yeah. his car disintegrates the engine block is gone i'm like that I guy know. is dead no he's fine bugs bugs he's fine and he flips all fine. he flips two police cars as seth as seth points out this tank of a car is also not going to be supported by these shitty rooftops like it's going to crumble something it's like, yeah but it's driving over it. like the old beat up church and it's crushing i'm like that whole roof would cave it's in. like an orphanage yeah like, like roofs are not made to support tons that's not how roofs work <laughs> And I believe it if all. If you drove but any I don't car care. on top of a roof, it would probably cave in. I don't care because I like the action of it. I love the intensity but of it. Nothing happens. It's just I like, a really boring. Car it's an action movie. movie. It's gotta have some fucking action in it. And, and if you're gonna give me these horrible, like, quick cut fight sequences, we gotta get something out of it. Oh, well, the car chase is quick cut too, chase. and it's just full of really bad jokes about how they don't know how to describe it. Where oh, is it at? Oh, fuck you! I love those sequences where the guys can't describe it on the radio. They're just like, it's a black. Uh, fucking tank i don't know <laughs> there's a bat inside <laughs> all right guys feel free to submit to replace ben as my co-host <laughs> um, no, I, I, i'll fight you on that I, I like the i like the batmobile sequence and i like the batmobile actually i like i like the tumbler i like I the idea a, of the tumbler a, i don't get the thing where it like pushes him forward into oh yeah. that is weird to shoot the the like what what does he shoot like grappling hooks or something and I, explosives i don't know and then point. for a while he just goes down there to drive around things yeah it's and then he comes like back the... out i'm like why does he keep what i never understood that in the movie i don't get no. why that's in there it doesn't do any it just seems like a weird inclusion because if you've got a vehicle that's meant to be like a military vehicle you don't need a sequence that the driver has to shift, Switch yeah, seats. pivot into a new f- shape to fire the guns. Like that's a bad way to run a military vehicle. Yeah, but yeah, that is def- weird. Yeah, yeah, like they like slowly go into attack. Now, so he saves her because Lucius created a antidote. 
he gives it to her. He tells her to take two of them, give one of them to Gordon and the other one for mass production. Uh, and then he tells Alfred when he's going up to his party that Alfred needs to take her home. I felt like Alfred puts an unconscious woman into the back of his car just to, with like a little bit too much practice. You know what I mean? Like he's done that a few times. <laughs> I like that sequence. Um, a lady shows up and says, I want to introduce you to someone. Yes. Yep. And then yep, she introduces know. him to someone who she doesn't even know how to say his name. So I don't know why the fuck she wants to introduce him to him. And then, then when <laughs> Liam Neeson shows up, she's just sort of standing there and then just walks off. And I'm like, what? you don't want to hang no, out. No, 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 She's like, uh, how did you say it? Was it Raz al Ghul? And the guy turns around. She is still standing yeah, there. Yeah, she stands and there. And Christian Bale says, that's not Raz al Ghul. I watched him die. <laughs> and she's, she's just standing yeah. there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> she's standing there. Okay. okay. shows up, and he says I'm his gonna, thing uh... about, you know, theatrics. And they have, like, another ten seconds worth of conversation. And then in the background, her and fake Raz al Ghul walk away, and I'm like, who would leave the most interesting conversation <laughs> at this party? Bruce Wayne just said he watched a man die, and then it die. turns out he's still alive. I'd be like, I'm not right here, guys. I, I'm not going anywhere. I want an extended sequence of that scene where she tries to, like, jump into this conversation more because like, she's so excited. Oh, uh, oh. You guys hear about this Batman? <laughs> Did you guys see the presidential debate last night? <laughs> anyway, so how do you guys know? You killed him? him? You watched, uh, I think you said you watched him die. Um, <laughs> you mentioned... I'm, I'm gonna go get a, <laughs> a drink. I'll just, uh... Anybody else want anything? I, I also <laughs> really wish around? that... I also really wish that moments later when Ra's al Ghul is giving that big speech about how the League of Shadows has crippled uh, empires since the dawn of time, I wish they would also pan out and she's still there, just being like, oh, Rome, that must have been nice. Rome, sacking it. (laughs) Yeah, tell me about that. Now, uh, there's a thing I hate in movies, and it's because no one does it well. I have seen drunk people. I, you know, I've been to bars. You're aware. Nobody does drunk well when they act. I've never seen a person act like they're drunk and do it believably. Christian Bale, though, may be on the top of the list for really just lazily bad fake drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, it's pretty bad. His version like, of drunk is just being droll. Yeah, he sounds more like me after like I, like I had a bad day at work and I'm just kind of in a bad mood. That was like, he's like, oh, everyone's a dick, get out. Like, and he's, he's just like, like, yeah, I'm drinking. It's just like, okay, I mean, I don't know why anybody would think he's drunk. So... And, and is his? I'm sorry. Just just to confirm, his his point there is to get everyone to leave so that they don't get hurt when he fights Ra's al Ghul. And by yes. fights, I mean gets knocked out and just falls over. Um, but that's what he's. That, that was the point of that scene, right? Yes. Okay. Now we go into the long thing about the League of Shadows and yeah. how they're they're willing to kill millions and millions of completely innocent people because it's going to save innocent people. I didn't exactly understand that. Yeah, it's not super clear. Then he says, you know, Gotham's the worst city around, so the League needs to destroy it. And then in the very next sentence, he says, the world will be shocked when they open the paper tomorrow to see that their greatest city has been destroyed. And I'm like, wait, how can it be the greatest city if it's supposedly (laughs) so corrupted shitty you have to burn it to the ground? I'm like, which one is it? 
It's very, he's very conflicted. Well, he's and just then... full of false information. Because then he, he, when he knocks over Bruce and the roof falls on top of him, he said, now we're even. You burned, my, burned down my house and left me for dead. Now we're even. And I'm like, he didn't leave you for dead. He carried you all the way down a mountain to a village and asked some guy to take care of you. You would have died had he not done anything. So I don't understand. Rachel well, and it also misplaced anger. That also that also make that that was I mean I don't it must I mean it was clearly intentional. I'm trying to gather my thoughts. The the Christian Bale, you know, at the beginning of the movie when he leaves Liam Neeson's character there, the the villager is like, I will t- I'll tell him, I'll tell him that you saved his life. That guy really dropped the fucking ball <laughs> because. Because you have one, because you have Liam Neeson Liam Neeson is clearly pissed about this, and I think it's really interesting from a from a character development standpoint of like even Liam Neeson's character who is supposed to be like you know their code uh, uh, subverts their own personal feelings about things. No, Liam Neeson's just like. Hey asshole! <laughs> I'm back here because you left me to die. Like, you want dance? Let's so, fucking like, do it's, this. It's really petty. Like yeah. it's a really petty thing, and I, I it was just it's a that's a weird sequence to me for a lot of reasons. <clears throat> before, before there's a couple things that bother me about this. So give, give me a second. <laughs> I'm gonna rant for a second. Okay, first of all, if they wanted to kill Bruce Wayne. They should have just walked up to him in the party and shot him in the head in front of everybody because they don't care about all. They were going to yeah. kill all the people at the party anyway. No, they have no sense of consequence for their actions. They don't care. Why didn't they just like prison yard shank him in the kidneys a bunch of times and set the house or on fire? Or gotten themselves like a tiny Mac Ten with like a little handle on it, just walked <laughs> a in little, and yeah. shooting people. A starter Uzi. You need something. <laughs> you need the little handle. Yeah. <laughs> My first Uzi. <laughs> Start multiple races. The starter Uzi. <laughs> um, I don't need to start multiple races. <laughs> when there's ten marathons going on, and you only can carry one gun. Uh, okay, then then they have that really conflicted, nonsensical, like high school philosophy class talk about corruption and. Things that make no sense. Then, then you know, he's like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, Bruce Wayne's like, I'm gonna stop you, blah, blah, blah. Then a man <laughs> from nowhere <laughs> drops down from the ceiling to attack Bruce Wayne. Where was he? Especially <laughs> because in a wide shot, we see that those are cathedral ceilings. Like, that's yeah, a hallway. Yeah. 12 to 14 feet off the ground. Why, why do you even... Like, attacking him like that, it doesn't, like, there was no, there was so much effort to get up to the ceiling and hang out while they talk. Just shoot him. Drop a brick on his head from the ceiling. I wish there was an extended cut where during his speech, like, Liam Neeson's character had to, like, constantly go, no, 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 wait, 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 (laughs) not yet, Gary, hold on. (laughs) No, I just got the shot when that lady's walking away from the conversation, she's like, but I want to hear that, and why is there that man on the ceiling? (laughs) (laughs) For dramatic effect, man. And apparently this is Ra's al Ghul's power, because later on, uh, uh, Batman makes a cocky remark about there being only two of his thugs to fight, and like five more come out of the yeah, sky. Two more come out. Yeah, and ben I'm like, was I'm a like liberal this... arts major, people. 
does 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 Ross Al Ghul whenever he enters the sequence he's like, alright, we're here, we're gonna set up here, uh Dave, Bill, get up in the rafters in case I have to be dramatic, and Bro, then you come ninjas. flying down. <laughs> Once you get ninjas, they're everywhere. They they're always just, freeze they just in the hang rafters. Out. Do you think when you're a ninja up in the rafters above Raj the Ghoul, you're trying to figure out if it's the right moment to come down or not? If it's sarcastic enough? Well, I'm sure like, there's like, he has like a thing where he like rubs his eyebrow, and you're like, oh, that's the symbol, drop Oh, you think he has a tell? Yeah. He has like a, t- like a time to come down? Or you I think, think he, he goes- tugs on his earlobe, and they're like, now, now, go down. It's one of them be like, hey, Dave, was that like a quip or was that more of like a sarcastic remark? Which which one do we go on? <laughs> is it quips or sarcasm? We're supposed to come down when we sardonic or sarcastic because those are is two it very more, different things. Is it a biting response or, or or more of like a like a like a hurtful joke? Like when should we come down? How do we feel about retorts? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, he left. Okay, <laughs> we gotta go find He's not him. here anymore. Oh god damn it. Oh, never mind. That guy with the mini use, he just shot him. <laughs> He's got great accuracy with that grip. Um, um, now, they they decide that there's... They release all the prisoners from Arkham. And they get the police there, all the SWAT there. And they tell them to raise the bridge so now the crazy people kick it off. Excuse me. Now, nobody thought to be like, stop that train that also goes into the Narrows that crazy people could get on and just ride into town? But it doesn't seem like can get on it because at one point it stops above the narrows and it's like it's like fifteen stories above the tallest building. But it's always like that. It's always like a yeah, cliff, like three hundred feet off the ground. Who who gets on it? I don't <laughs> know. And why of all the places to go, why would it go to the narrows? Which is <laughs> as near as we can tell, like just a shanty town. Look or like a public trans- camp. Public transit is usually designed around trying to encourage lower-income neighborhoods from building the ability to get to work. That's obviously what's happening here. They're trying to gentrify. And by get to work, to I mean... gentrify the narrows. <laughs> the narrows has uh, eight new coffee shops. Yeah. Yeah, they put in, like, a frozen yogurt place. The microbrewery. Yeah, and... you, want, you want to take the, uh, the nightmare train to narrows to get some froyo? <laughs> Starbucks. Uh, uh, you know, and a Panera just opened there. It's more authentic. So, bro, it's more it's authentic. so good. Um, that's where they just opened Anytime Fitness. <laughs> uh, wow, you just really described Logan Square. That's yeah, strange. It's, it's kind of weird. Really accurate. <laughs> now, um, so I don't, I don't even know where to go. I, I'm just trying to forget it. Oh, okay. I got a note that just says "in the face" in all capital letters. <laughs> I was trying to figure out. It's when uh, Rachel shoots the scarecrow in the face with the taser, oh, like in that the original Hangover. I remember liking that for some reason. I can't quite explain why, but it just it just catches me in the right way. Um, but also, there's a sequence here when they first initiate the water melting beam box. Yeah. Uh, when they first kick that bitch on, uh, <laughs> all the vapor starts kicking out of all like the the pipes and shit. And all of Razagul's team is has, has donned their SWAT masks, which have covered their eyes and mouth. No, just their mouth. Uh, they, they have like no, they're wearing like, yeah, they're wearing like full, they got the full one. But Raz has that just that that jaw one, which he waits until he's just completely drenched in vapor before he puts it on. Also, he's got facial hair that's not going to press tight enough against the skin to form a seal. Guys, did he not learn anything from World War? Well, well, more importantly, <laughs> Seth pointed out that the reason gas masks are full face is because things like your fucking nose and eyes eyeballs are important too well yeah your eyes are gonna <laughs> yeah like water up moi- well the- and also there's just moisture in the air yeah so like you walking around if there's 
vapor in the air, you're going to absorb it through your eyes. So, like, the crazy, I mean, it just, it, it, yeah. you know, I get it, dramatic effect, he's a but, badass. But yeah. I'm like, no, but you're just going to get it in your eyes and you're going to be really unhappy. <laughs> there should have been a scene where he was, like, pouring milk in his eyes, like, oh, yeah. guys, oh, I, oh, oh God. Why did I get the why did I get the ten dollar gas mask? There's scorpions everywhere. <laughs> yeah, what do you think he's afraid of? Uh, eyewear? Yeah. Losing his facial hair? Yeah. A, a beard trimmer? <laughs> yeah. Everyone just becomes beard trimmers. No, he's definitely not afraid of beard trimmers. That thing was sculpted, man. That's true. There That's was some effort. Some uh, some uh... Bruce Wayne, also, or Batman's plan is to get Gordon into his car and to blow up the restraints that hold the train up so that it can't complete its mission. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys notice that the tank with missiles also had, like, a GPS that was like, <laughs> turn left on, you know, it's like, you have now arrived at, wait, I'm like... Do a U-turn. Fire your missiles here. And I'm like, this thing was made as a bridge-creating machine for the military, where would you need a GPS? Like, drive through vacant field towards stream. You know what I mean? Like, where's the GPS telling him where to go in the military? Bruce added that in there. He, he, he brought that. He that in XFM radio? Also, just just a quick just a quick back note, because I just realized I had it in my notes. Where the fuck did, did, did Crane get a horse? Uh, from the mounted horse police that they, for some reason, <laughs> trotted out there. Oh, is that... They is were that like, we need we the SWAT team, we need every available police officer, and we need the mounted police, which usually just hang out at, like, you know... That that makes more sense, because when I was watching it, he you know, he gets freed from the asylum, and then he shows up on a horse, and I just pictured him, like, running out to the parking lot to look for something to, like, escape on, and just seeing car, van, car, horse. horse. He's like, ah, of course! Ah. <laughs> My choice of vehicle. <laughs> Then a cowboy comes out and's like, "Hey, what the hell, man? <laughs> I just stopped to get some Starbucks." Uh, but now we've, <laughs> now, yeah, now we have arrived. Thought this neighborhood was this neighborhood was gentrified. <laughs> uh, now we arrive at the awkward train fight sequence where yeah. Batman murders a man. No, like he just he doesn't. He, he kills a man. He doesn't have to kill him, but he doesn't. He have kills to him, folks. Oh yeah, he definitely kills Let's him. Let's be clear here. <laughs> he one hundred percent kills him, but he was already like technically I killed almost all of the League of Shadows by blowing up your house. So yeah, eh. but this is the equivalent to being like Batman in a car speeding at someone and being like I can't kill you, and then just diving out of the car and letting it ram into them. Like just, that's the same thing, Batman. Know, which is interesting because in Dark Knight he has a chance to basically just drive over. The the Joker and can't do it. Yeah, but he's cool with this. I, I, I yeah. It, what what works in this movie is the treatment of Batman is fantastic. The explanation of his abilities and his equipment and his origins, awesome, long but good. And the music's fantastic, and a lot of the casting is beautiful. But yeah, this whole Scarecrow third act plot is so badly built which i think this is sort of something that that these all these batman films have in common which is the films are really good in the beginning and then fall apart in act three the end of dark knight after they catch the joker that part of the movie is stupid and makes no sense it it doesn't understand there's no reason for batman to take the blame for those crimes the whole part the ending makes no sense and uh, actually all of dark knight rises isn't any good so well, we'll get to that when we get to that. I but guess yeah, it's I think the they're... third act of the trilogy, so it just falls apart from start. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. I, I think the through the through line is though is that all these the villains in all these movies have terrible plans that are very unclear. Uh, the Joker. Uh, this one is the only one that makes probably sense, the worst. Which is he just wants to be an asshole. Yeah, that one's a nice easy one. That one cleans up nicely. But we'll get to the Dark Knight Rises when we do. That has the least make the least sense of a plan I've ever seen. But no, yeah, this this whole scarecrow thing is awkward too because. He started at the beginning of his third act. He's he's presented as if he's going to be the villain now, like because he's yes. got this crew. He seems cocky and sort of sure of himself, and he's ready to go. And then he just gets eliminated a, a little bit and brought back just for the taser joke, and then he's gone again. And that's kind of going to carry through because in the rest of the movies, he pops in. Everyone sort of laughs at him. Yeah, he's like the only recurring character for some reason. Yeah. Like the only recurring villain. It's very... For jokes, though. Like, for jokes. Yeah, he's definitely... Like, his appearance at the end of Dark Knight Rises, where he's, like, in charge of the council, I was just like, wow, what a weird thing to include. That would have been amazing if they they pursued that. If they, like, ventured down that trail. But it's only for that one scene. Yeah, but it's also sort of awkward, because then you're like, well, where's the Joker? Right. And then you're like, oh, I know where he is, and now I'm sad again. (laughs) <laughs> uh the movie wraps itself up nicely that guy's dead um bruce is out looking at the burn down wade manor and says he's going to rebuild it uh rachel shows up and says she can't be with batman or with bruce because bruce wayne is the mask he's really batman which is a recurring theme in the batman comics is which one's his real identity bruce wayne or batman and she says she can't be with him and in a way he wins because you know he's she's replaced by Jillian hall in the next film so <laughs> I kid. Now, the movie then ends with a scene which I found very odd. Uh, Gordon has created the bat symbol, which I like. Batman shows up, and they're talking. And he says, we've lost the Narrows. So is my understanding now that there's just an island off the just across the river <laughs> just full of insanos? Yeah, yeah. And they're just like... Sorry, there. we tried our best, guys. And then, what the fuck happens to the Narrows in Dark Knight? It, it's never mentioned. It's never shown. Is it just like, did they just eventually go in and bulldoze it? What happened to this whole part of the city, which is full of crazies? And a lot of innocent people who are apparently just being victims to crazies. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, they got a Starbucks. It's all Yeah, good. it just felt very weird how quick they wrapped it up. Like, yep, look, the Narrows is gone. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, this... this... This film, and I'm, I've been, I've been sort of scrolling through some IMDb trivia and some other googling. I mean, there's, you know, this film is very, very like well studied and yeah. you know, lots of information about it. So um, it seems like um, it says in like some of the IMDb trivia that uh, the script was written by uh, David Goyer in the seven weeks before he was due to due to direct Blade Trinity. Uh, and then, and then Christopher Nolan took over the rest of the writing of the script. So I think this is one of those like neither of them got to see all of their ideas. You know, sort of. Like, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that you know what that, I mean. It's like sense. yeah, because because honestly, I think uh, I feel like the first part of the film, even though I dis I don't like how the very opening part is edited, it's still. It's still comprehensive. It's not necessarily cohesive, but it is comprehensive. Yeah, it does definitely, you can kind of see 
where it does you could see how two people wrote this movie because the beginning feels grows. like a way different film than the rest of the movie. a very different film tonally you know you're yeah. thrust into this prison there's gritty mud fighting legs breaking dark people murdered you know like yeah. there's all this stuff and then it's kind of like business meetings and <laughs> yeah there's like definitely some light-hearted stuff that you're just like wow this feels almost sort of out of place yeah, and then also by they love the like end, they love apparently Gotham's best dinner topic is just talking about Batman because whenever there's a group of rich people out at a really nice restaurant, all they want to talk about is Batman. I mean that oh, checks we out. Even, we didn't even we didn't even talk about the hotel scene. Well, oh, go yeah. ahead and talk about it now because we're we're done with the movie pretty much. So let's hear things we might have missed. You wanted to talk about? Well, there's that scene where essentially Bruce is sort of driven this idea that he has to be the playboy like figure so that he, he has just, to have a, a public uh, persona yeah. so he's just gonna play the playboy figure so just to further cast away any like guesses that it could be him as batman because he's just this drunken idiot um and so he shows up to this dinner party uh with two women in the passenger seat of a car that shouldn't fit them like they're like they're sitting on each other's laps and and he they get out and almost right away, before they even get a seat, they just take their half their clothes off and get into a fountain. Which just seems it, it, even more precocious than I think they meant to be. Like, it just seems well, an absurd fucking thing for them to do. It's, it's a bizarre turn for them to just suddenly well, get up and do that. What's even weirder, then, is Bruce Wayne tells, who is essentially like the mater d' at this restaurant. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm buying this hotel. Well, that guy oh, that's can't, great, sir. That guy can't handle I'm the waiter. That. Yeah, like, you're <laughs> yeah. trying to buy a corporation. Like, I'm sure this is like a Hilton or, you know, it's not just like that guy owns the hotel and comes in every Sir, night. I'm, I'm, I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing this while I get my I'm degree. I'm the waiter <laughs> handing me a check. I mean, thanks. I'm going to use this money to open up philosophy. a Starbucks in the Narrows. <laughs> I'm going to get a Subway, gentrify the shit out of that Narrows. Also, the purchase of a hotel was going to take a long yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, it's... You can't just... It's not like a simple they solution. They have, like, boards and <laughs> yeah, it's, executives who have to vote on things and shareholders. And normally they're part of, like, a conglomerate of, yeah. other, of other hotels and property <laughs> management companies. I just want him to be like, that's great, sir, but please get your hookers out of our fountain. <laughs> <laughs> Come back when you buy We it. have to burn <laughs> the water <laughs> now. <laughs> years. Uh, Health code violations, just shut the hotel down. Why did you do that, Bruce? Also, Come on, Bruce. He, he runs into Rachel when she's showing up, and she's dressed very nice for an assistant DA and guy. Where is she going? And who is she meeting? She's just going to that place, like, to eat? or To yeah. a hotel. And who, like, I've, I've been to hotels <laughs> yeah. that have nice restaurants in them, but I don't know. Most people don't like, let's go eat at the... The Holiday Inn. I think there's, that's <laughs> I think there's hotels in a nice town, enough like that where I live when we were younger. That like a really fancy restaurant was in the hotel here, and that was like really? a really like a nice place to go because it was just like a, a, a like somebody just owned the restaurant inside this hotel, and it was it was the yeah. fancy. I, think it's I a, mean, I know like maybe in bigger. You yeah, do not show up cities. in New York City, and you're like, Same oh, thing. there's no really nice restaurants here except for in hotels. Like Gotham's I mean, a sh- major metropolitan city. Yeah, but but anyway. again, that was one of the that was one of those uh, those cohesion things where, like like I said, you know, the first part of the film, there there is there it's comprehensive in the sense that it covers a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's edited to be very cohesive, 
but I think as the film goes on, there's just scenes like the scene with the helmet and you know with the the mask and the graphite breaking, the scene with Rachel just wandering into the lobby, just so they could, so he could be embarrassed. Yeah, you know, like it's it just it's kind of like was was there like thirty more seconds of that scene that got cut? Like, oh, I'm here to meet another attorney, and then, I don't know. Like, I'm here I'm for a wedding like, reception. I'm here, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I just, why was she there? She was by herself. Yeah, I'm being pitched a timeshare or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was just very strange, very, very strange to me, like, how it, it um... And also, like, you know, just kind of going back to how poorly um like the the women in this movie there there's what two of them one of them does not talk yep. at all that's and is murdered his mom and is murdered and then there's rachel who is just a, a mannequin that is wheeled in to scene to scene just for dialogue because like her boyfriend the the guy is fucking murdered. Yeah. yeah. And there is no... No it sadness. weird. She said... No... no Bruce yeah, isn't my like... Boss is she never mentions it. She's like, I heard your boss was murdered in the dark. She says, like, my boss has been missing for two days, which in this city means I should start looking at the bottom of the river. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, that's not a news story? I, I understand that Gotham's corrupt, but he's the district attorney. That's an elected attorney, yeah. position. Apparently we give a ton of shits later on when it's Harvey Dent. Yeah, I'm like, that does not make any sense. Like, it's not but, like they just shot a random cop and he's missing. This is like yeah. a, a dude who's like a public face for the city. But uh, my, I mean, like, to me, I mean, from a character development, like, there is the scene when they're in on Crime Boulevard or whatever. Yeah. And Rachel is very passionately talking about, like... You know, you have to be good. You you know, there has to be balance in the world. You know, she's that was a good scene. That was a decent scene. And like, I'm like, oh, like she is going to be that voice of reason. She's going to be that alignment for Bruce for Batman. But really, it's Bruce Alfred Wayne. that does that. But it's ultimately Alfred. But the thing is, is like the rest of the time, she has no passion about anything. And I was like, when I first saw the movie in the theater, I was like, oh my god, like her boss just got murdered. That is going to jade her. Like, oh, this is actually affecting me directly now. Like, I am now involved in this corruption I'm trying to fight. Like, directly involved. Yeah. Um, they're coming after me. Or, and, or, it's going to make Rachel and Bruce closer to each other because now she's lost someone I guess she cared about. No, because <laughs> it doesn't seem like he, it. He, he tries to did. kiss her and she says, we already had this talk. I, it's not going to happen. Or something, but you know what I mean. It, it just felt she just felt like she was there to say lines and yeah. blink. Sometimes she feels stronger was, in the later movies, I think. But in this one, she's just like I, I mean, she's like piece, yeah. she's ballsy and she's supposed to be like a strong woman. But in the end, it just gets her poisoned. So yeah, she's not very bad. <laughs> What'd you learn, ladies? Yeah. So for the two women in this movie, don't go outside and don't talk. Yeah, You'll well, get shot or poisoned. Give me your jewelry. Take off your fucking jewelry. Yeah, the guy is an unhinged Ladies. monster outside of a theater. <laughs> well, we've gone pretty long, so we should probably get to wrapping it up. But there's one last thing I wanted to touch on that occurred to me that we did not talk about, and that is in this movie. I want to be very clear: in this fucking movie, Batman kneels down 
presses his boot okay, yeah, and bats fly to him. The fuck was that about? That is an homage what? to the Dark Knight. That's a, that's a direct thing from year one. Is that a yeah, is Batman that, escapes? It's been, it's been a while. He's since I've caught up uh, in this building by like the the SWAT team, and he's yeah. basically going to be killed. He can't get out. He's wounded. That and felt he so has weird this to me thing in this movie, that though. attracts the bats, and they show up, and he uses it as, as a diversion. So that was one hundred percent like the one true take from uh, year one. Yeah, that, oh. that's great. That's really that's wonderful. <laughs> um... What the fuck was that scene? <laughs> Why does he keep his bat call in the in the boot uh, or in the heel? Which appears to be shoe? activated just by pressing it. Which I'm like, if he and steps it's on a rock, he's going to activate and it's it. Detachable and it has like red LEDs and it calls thousands of bats. So bats bats can't hear from very far away. They have very fine hearing. I mean, they hear they hear. You know, supersonic, they have supersonic hearing as far as the frequencies that they can hear. And they, you know, echolocation. They can only hear from about 40 feet away. (laughs) So they've got a distance of about 40 feet. Now, is this, do you know this for a fact or? I do. I actually, you are are a bat scientist. Yeah, I brought a bat expert on this episode. I was so pissed about this scene because I'm like, are there just. Thousands of bats, like hanging out. Well, Gotham is a Native American word for bats. That's where they got the name it's, for the city. It's oh, lousy with bats. Oh, it's lousy. With That's bats. what I, the arrows prefer... is made of. Is bats? I, bats. <laughs> That's just resting bats. I, I prefer to think that that Bruce brought a couple barrels of bats and just like put some them out barrels. in the alley. <laughs> some bat barrels. Some bat. Some the bats of bats. And then and then when he leaves, like what a. Uh... Like to the bat, like to what do the bats do? Do they just leave? Like, do they, <laughs> like what do they do? Like, when you think about it, the only reason he needs the distraction to get down to the bottom of the stairs is because he carried Rachel all the way up there for some reason because she's in the basement of the building. Yeah. yeah. So he took the elevator all the way up to the top floor and then was like, ah, I thought I pressed also, he's, lobby. He's the, Batman. Like he can just go out the window. What yeah. The there's. It's, it's, it's a why did he confusing. not? Why did he not bring the antidote for the thing he was going to stop <laughs> with him because on the off chance? Lucius had not dropped it off yet. He stopped Lucius to get stopped some artisanal right. cheese at a new shop in, in the, the Narrows. In, in the Narrows. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a wine there was a wine party at uh, one of one of his buddies' art galleries next to the asylum. Next to the asylum. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't um, know how often they put asylums for the mentally ill inside of shanty towns. <laughs> I don't, again, I don't know a lot about Gotham. them. But I don't think they usually put them in like downtown of a city. I, I, I mean, based on everything we know about all the various like TV shows and animated series, like the the city planner behind Gotham is just the biggest weirdo on the planet. Like, like I, I mean, just just on estimation, they've got like twelve like disused festival grounds like all over Batman and like. Various like shanty towns and asylums and 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 block wide prisons. It's the why does anyone live in Gotham? There's no excuse for it. Uh, yeah, there's got to be some sweet reason. We'll never know. Uh, real quick, just to do the sequential to cinema, uh, we've talked about a few of the things. Ben mentioned its similarities. There's a few characters uh, like Ducard was a character that was created later on in the comics run that they they put in to be Liam Neeson and then tied it to. 
Ra's al Ghul, uh, Lucius Fox. I mean, all the characters, I, except for like Earl, I don't know how many characters they actually made up. I don't know if Rachel Dawes is in the comics. It's very few. Like even Loeb, uh, the the police commander. Chief, yes, Chief Loeb, uh, and although in the comic in year one he's crooked too. Uh, yeah. Flash is crooked. He gets in a fight with Gordon because Gordon's the only good cop in the city. I mean, Carmine honestly, you Falcone can just the, is the main villain yeah, of Batman. You can just look one. at the page, the IMDb page, and almost everyone on there is from the comics. It's, it's insane. It's rare that that happens. Yeah, so they definitely did a lot. There's, like I said, there's a few homages to the series, but to the comics, we covered most of them during the show. So yeah, I think so. I, and I'll have some. I'll, I'll, if you want to see what the the comparison is between the film and the book, I'll of course have some of my images up after the podcast. All right, and you can check those out, of course, at facebook.com slash naospod. Uh, was there anything that we missed that you guys wanted to talk about real quick before we go? Uh, I think it's been yeah, pretty thorough. comprehensive. A thorough, nitpicky breakdown. Yeah. Of Much like the movies, yeah. we started <laughs> off you know, very cohesive. And, and then just, just fell apart in the third act. Just fell apart, so... And then we just yelled about Batman screaming at poison women in his car. <laughs> You've been poisoned! I'm dressed as a bat! Nothing, <laughs> You're in no, a tank! Nothing is more reassuring than a masked man kidnapping you and putting you inside of a weird tank that's driving over police cars. Because you've been poisoned. Also, don't tell someone who's been fear poisoned that they've been fear, fear poisoned. poisoned. <laughs> also, her fear was apparently of just looking out car windows because she didn't have any like weird reactions. No, she was good. All right, well, uh, as I just said, you can join in on a conversation. Head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash NAOSpod. You can tweet us at NAOSpod. Let us know what you think of the show. Leave comments. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, please rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. Leave uh, a review because that helps in promoting the show. Also, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Pogues or go to my website, artofpogues.com. Ben? Uh, I'm at, at This Go Pony, of course. Uh, you can find my, any, any more information about me and my writing at, uh, at uh, therealbenchapman.com. And Seth, you got any locations people can find you at? Or do you want to tell everyone to just fuck off? I'm good. Okay. You can find Seth at a number of dog parks just drooling over corgis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's me. He's the creep. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll see you next week for a mini episode. Leave us comments that we can talk about, and we'll tell you what movie's next up. <laughs>